0: listeners, you have heard our guest tonight. Uh, The last time he was on the podcast, it was as a surprise for his friends, Felipe and Annabelle Concho, when they were doing their late night social media TV show on Friday nights during the height of the lockdowns and and the disconnect. Uh, What you're going to hear tonight is not actually an interview with John, but some teaching that he did at the Worship Arts Convocation. You've heard some other interviews and conversations and teaching from there uh this was john's message on friday night as everybody had just gathered and for a lot of us it was the first major event we were coming to um, after the pandemic and uh daryl john just has a storytelling style without giving anything away about this story that he tells in this episode what is it that sets him apart as a storyteller as far as you're concerned
1: i think One of the best parts of John's storytelling ability is that he is not just telling you what happened, but reliving what happened as he's describing (laughs) it to you. He places you right there in the scene as John. And if you know, John, you get to see it through his eyes.
0: Yeah. And no notes. The telling is incredible, but like John just never seems to run out of these experiences. Stuff just happens around that guy.
1: I think that if the Salvation Army ever decided to get into the reality TV business, that's where you start. I think he's too real for reality TV. We'll call it actuality TV.
0: <laughs> I can think of some other Salvationists that, uh, that, that would be primed and ready for that uh, experience. but uh... I,
1: I can think of a bunch that shouldn't. <laughs> Good point. Excellent point.
0: Based on their social media profiles alone. Well, uh, this <laughs> this was uh, a great uh, time of teaching, and, and this will be our final episode from that um, from that worship arts convocation. It was nice to to be able to get uh, quite a few uh, episodes out of that, and um, I figure you and I have not taken the pulse in a very long time. So, before we jump into this episode, uh, why don't you and I take the pulse? Let's take the pulse. What are you watching these days?
2: Watch me! Watch me! I got it!
1: Watch me! I am watching um, Legends of Tomorrow on Netflix. I'm catching up on that. And um, there's another show on Netflix, uh, the, King, the Last King, I really enjoy. So I've been jumping back into those two.
0: Uh, you dropped out a little bit there. The Last
1: King? The Last Kingdom. It's about uh, a British-born warrior who was raised by Vikings, who is now defending the realm. Got it. I think I may have actually read, uh, I think that's from a book series.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, the author is actually a Salvation Army donor.
1: I sure hope so. And maybe they can get me on the set. There we go.
0: Uh, well, I have been, uh, watching a, another show about King's, uh, winning time on HBO, which is the, the doc, um, it, it's sort of a dramatized documentary on, uh, on, you know, the magic and Kareem Lakers, the Showtime Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, John C. Riley's portrayal of Dr. Jerry Bus is, is not to be missed. And they did an incredible job casting both, uh, for kareem and magic you couldn't get just anybody to play those iconic people um right so that was uh that was really uh, it's really incredible the way they they found these guys and they're not you know six nine and seven one but they're they're tall guys and they actually fit the bill they actually look like kareem and magic they pull it off
1: yeah i saw some previews for that and those look really good what are you listening to listen Scott. just listen to me
0: you listen to me listen i gotta go do this report sure.
1: listen listen at listen up just listen up man listen i'm sorry
0: listen to me listen to that yeah listen walter so you listen to me and you listen well
1: right now i'm listening to a podcast from the good folks over at q code media um called the blackout it takes place in uh new england the new england region And uh, power's gone down and and everyone's trying to adjust to it.
0: So I I did like that, uh, you know, the first Q Code podcast you put me on. It seems like a lot of these dramatized, the scripted podcasts seem to go for like the story where you don't really know what's going on. There's like a story and then there's, you know. And so that other one classified, I just found that like because the guy is not in his right mind, I, I couldn't grasp what the true story was and I have I found that one hard to follow so I I gave that one a run but I had to had to quit it
1: I thought it was okay um I like some of the others better it's definitely not my top five from those guys my biggest issue with it was I had the opposite experience um I thought it was I thought it was very like they just didn't they didn't hide their hand really well I was able to guess what was coming
0: got it well I have been listening to uh you made it weird with Pete Holmes um, he started his podcast back in 2011. And this is my problem. I'm such a completist that I actually went back to 2011 and I'm listening to, to his episodes. It, he's released over uh, over 600 episodes of this show. Um, and I am listening to it on 1.8 speed because the episodes are like an hour and a half to two hours each. Um, (laughs) And, um, I I don't know, I should forgive myself, uh, for missing that podcast the, the first time around and just listen to the new episodes as they come out, but I can't bring myself to do it. So I'm bouncing back and forth between I'm now in like March of 2012. And then I'm also listening occasionally to the pandemic podcast from like early 2020 um, but trying to slog through six hundred episodes of Pete Holmes, uh, I don't think I'll ever catch up. But it's great.
1: Well, if it came out, if it came out in two thousand eleven, I should get to it in the next four years or so. So it <laughs> sounds about so right. You know I like, like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
0: uh, what are you there. reading? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important.
1: Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment. Smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> you know, I've been rereading some uh, old sermon books, um, some stuff from old Salvationists, some Brangle, um, and other for some other Methodist uh, preachers. Uh, just catching up on some of that, just to see how the styles of writing and communicating have evolved, just to kind of sharpen and hone my own skill.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, preaching has has changed, but there's a lot of lot of wisdom and a lot of art to those uh, those old sermons and 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 maybe the tried and true approaches um i just they are long yeah (laughs) i bet i just finished um how the word is passed by clint smith um and he went on a journey um a tour of the monuments and landmarks Uh, that were controversial around, uh, I mean, some of the Confederate monuments and things like that, but other um, sort of museums uh, and uh, plantations that are telling different versions of uh, the the story of the the history of the United States, um, including, you know, Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's you know, estate outside of, uh, or yeah. in in Virginia. Um, and he actually, you know, talks to the tour guides. He talks to other, uh, other visitors to these monuments and different places that represent uh, that history. And they represent it in very different ways. And he sort of um, interrogates how they are telling the story. Um, and it's really, really well written, really well done. Um, so How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. I enjoyed that one a lot. What is God saying to you right now?
1: Very clearly, you're not being replaced, you're being helped. Okay,
0: you want to say more <laughs> about like that, or is, that, sound? <laughs> or is yeah. that
1: all you're gonna say? So, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. It's like, uh, it's like I always say, <laughs> <laughs> and then you go quiet. <laughs> no, you know, it's been interesting <laughs> in these last few months, we've started a really talented worship band in the division. And uh, I was a part of it initially. Um, And as the band grew, we went to Columbus and there was a gentleman who played the guitar much better than me. So I moved over to the bass. We moved the band down and we we did an event down in Cincinnati. We found a guy who was a much better bassist than me. So I moved over again and from location to location, they were just superior musicians and I've settled in as the band's photographer. (laughs) And, you know, at at different points, it'd be easy to feel discouraged by that, but being able to just enjoy the worship I think was timely for me rather than participating as one of the performers and musicians.
0: Well, and then it lives on, you know, when, when the time does come for, for you to move on, it lives on. And then, then the other thing is you can sub in if any of those people, can't make it one of the time so so that's great absolutely uh we have also acquired an incredibly talented uh guitarist and and like dum-dums we had him playing the drums for about six sundays uh and he you know he's like i'm a guitar (laughs) player but i can help you on the drums and we didn't have a drummer so um and and he was an okay drummer he is a crazy talented guitarist and uh so i've been i've been enjoying that um I uh, I think um, the Lord is putting a lot of uh, a lot of options and opportunities in front of me right now, and uh, but He is also saying, you know, um, don't rush, uh, you know, test the spirits, take it slow, evaluate, um, and it's nice to have it's nice to have options. So um, I am trying my hardest to listen to that, um, you know, that word from Him about. Just exploring and not rushing things. And what right. are you creating?
1: Right now, um, we are creating schedules for this upcoming camping season. Um, we're, we're getting ready for our summer ministry opportunity. We just wrapped up uh, an awesome youth councils uh, weekend. For those of you who aren't sure with youth councils, it's a teen worship retreat um in the Salvation Army and the different states in which we operate. And we were talking this this past week uh, and this past weekend about being one of a kind. So we we've been trying to create some unique ways for the young people to come together, worship and experience Jesus this summer.
0: I enjoyed some of those uh TikTok testimonies on the on the Swineke Youth TikTok channel.
1: Oh yeah, it's, it it it's good. More more content to come there.
0: Well, and it was just great to see something different on uh, on TikTok. It's all same same over there,
1: right? Dance is this, dance is that,
0: exactly. Um, what have I been creating? Certainly not uh, TikTok dances. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, you should actually coming back to, uh, to to the worship band. I feel like we've gone in stages, right? We, you know, we all kind of slowly started to come back in September. Um, and it's been great to have, uh, Michael Purvis back on the base after graduating Amherst college. And, and now he's back in the My neighborhood birthday again,
1: twin.
0: there you go. And, uh, so he's come back and then, then this guy, Ryan has, uh, has, has come on with the guitar and, um, not only are we, you know, rehearsing and building that fellowship, but we're also, you know, going out to dinner together, having meals together, really starting to Um, to to build back that feeling of having uh, a band that is, you know, united and about more than music and, and we're blessed in our congregation. It's all men, um, which I know is very rare in terms of worship bands. We'd love to have some (laughs) female members of the band, Uh, maybe some female vocalists or, you know, female drummer would be awesome, but it's just great to have that midweek time of rehearsal and fellowship and team building um, and then the Lord is really moving on Sunday mornings. So it's been a, a real blessing to, to kind of, you know, have a band again. It's it, it feels like absolutely forever. And um, and, it, and it was easier to just sort of keep canceling midweek rehearsals and say, well, we'll figure it out on Sunday and it'll be fine. But the times mm. at midweek are so rich and it's about far more than music. So been really enjoying right. that. Uh, speaking of worship, taking it back around to our guest John Copeland is one of the most talented. He will say that he's not a very good guitar player uh, and all that stuff. He has an incredible voice, incredible worship leader, but the storytelling is is bar none. We think you're really going to enjoy this episode, and we'll have to get John on for an actual interview. I do want to apologize for the audio. Uh, this was recorded in the room. Uh, which is a sort of a big echoey room and I had the record level down too low. Uh, I am not accustomed to recording live uh, live events like that and, um, and could have done better. But I think the content is worth the poor audio quality. I know I've said that a couple of times over the past couple of episodes, but, uh, but trust us on this one. Uh, you're not going to want to miss John Cobalt's storytelling. So uh,
3: I want to talk about preparing ourselves for worship. I made a little slideshow, but it's really just to remind me where I'm supposed to be talking about. So if you find something uh, beneficial from it, congratulations, but it's really just for me. Um, But it's interesting we talked about that, that last song that we sang was, it's all about you Jesus. And so something happened not too long ago And when things happen in my life, stories happen in my life, they're always, um, usually they're funny, but there's always something else to be gleaned from it, and so I was waiting for the Lord to show me what was the point of this very embarrassing thing that happened to me, and I think it has to do with worship. He said, John, this is how you often come into my presence when you're trying to worship. So stay with me. I went to camp. I used to work at this camp. It's a lovely wonderful camp. I tell everybody we're all Camp Jesus. We're not like, you know, this against that, and whatever, but I currently, in the camp church, I camped Tecumseh. to come I feel the love. And we built uh, this thing called the Tabernacle, which is a nice building, and it was there for a while. And then um, Doug Barry wanted to get married there, so his parents, who were in DCs decided they, we should put a kitchen in the basement. <laughs> it's not exactly how it happened, but that's the story I told. So we needed a kitchen in the downstairs basement because groups rent the the tabernacle it seats like 600 people. So we're going to put an industrial kitchen in the basement of the tabernacle, right? Like really big, expensive, shiny things that required quite a lot of contracting work, right? So they basically tore up the entire bottom where they're putting this big, huge kitchen in. And while that was happening, obviously we closed off the basement of the tabernacle and people couldn't go down there because of safety, right, and insanity. In the midst of this huge construction project, we had a big concert, right? Divisional concert. And my friend Louis Cologne, is Louis here yet? Yeah. Louis here. Louis, who's very skilled at running lights and doing lots of things, was running the light board for the concert. The concert went off without a hitch. And then that was on, like, a Sunday, right? The following Monday or Tuesday, uh, Louie and I had a conference call for men's camp, right? For playing men's camp. So about, what, five minutes before the conference call, Louie texts me, hey, man. I took off my wedding ring when I was running lights, and I left it. Can you please save my marriage <laughs> and go find the ring for me? It's either, he's like, if it's not at the light board, I changed downstairs, because I know the whole downstairs is closed, I changed it to my uniform in the bathroom, in the handicap stall, so it's either on the sink, or I left it in the handicap. So, so I'm like, all right. So I put in my uh, air earbuds, whatever they're called, my headphones. I get on the conference call, and I'm at camp, and I'm walking over there, and I, I mean it's loud in here. And I walk in, <clears throat> go to the light board, no ring. I go downstairs, and we have like the automatic, you know, lights. So I walk into the the bathroom, the lights come on, no ring. So I go to the handicap stall, and this stupid door on the handicaps all, all summer long. It's one of those things where if you close it just a little bit too hard, that little pin goes like a millimeter closed, and like the incredible Hulk cannot get it open. I spend all summer long, like, opening the door, crawling under there getting kids out because they lock themselves in or out of this stall. So I'm on the call. They're having a meeting. I'm trying to pay attention to the meeting, and I go to open the door, and the, the door is locked. So I'm like, man, I got to crawl under here while I'm on this Minsk meeting, I don't want to make any noises, I don't want to do anything stupid. So I'm like, let me see if I can just force it open. So I grab it, I try to open it, nothing. I grab it, I try to open it, nothing. I grab the door and the frame inside it, and I'm like, no, nah, nothing. So I'm like, I had to crawl under this stupid door. So I make sure everything's in, I make sure my phone is muted, and I'm getting ready to crawl under, and I'm like, you know, I'm pretty tall. Maybe I can get on my tiptoes and reach over and just hit it enough, because it's barely locked. And so I get on my tiptoes and go to unlock it, and one of the contractors has been taking the dump on the toilet the entire time. He's <laughs> <laughs> this is 19-year-old kid
2: that they hired to clean
3: stuff up. He had been in the bathroom so long, in my defense, the lights have turned off. <laughs> I was listening to this like eight people talking once in my ear, (laughs) and this is what I said to make it all okay. I went, "Sorry, dude." (laughs) Then I ran out of there, and then in the midst of it, I I unmuted myself and I started laughing. And they were like, "Uh, "What are you laughing at?" This I was like, "Oh no, no! Let me tell you what just happened." I sent the story, and the whole meeting just quit because they were all laughing so hard. (laughs) I felt really bad, so the next day I saw this kid. Like, busting my pallets, and I went up to him, and I was like, hey, man. I should probably explain what happened to you. He was like, yeah. I was on a conference call, and I had my earbuds in. So I couldn't, I realized, when I was trying to get the door, you probably were saying something. He was like, oh, I was saying something. But you were going hard than that door. I thought. I
2: like, Listen, somebody's in here. Somebody's in here. Somebody's in here. What the? What's going
3: on?" I heard none of I heard nothing. afraid. Like, he didn't even think to, like, clothe himself. He just scooted to the side of the toilet (laughs) and prepared. (laughs) Because if I were going to do something awful, I would have done all the things that I did up until sorry. (laughs) Uh, I've never, he never has been back. That could be that contractor's like, what the main one that does stuff. That kid has never done him on the
1: of <laughs> Meanwhile, Louie called
3: me. and like, hey, I found my ring in my bedroom.
2: I was like, i, register.
3: <laughs> I to register. as a, you know, horrible predator, but I was going Here's what the Lord told me about this ridiculous story. He's like, as silly as that seems, John, you think you can divide your attention in the same way with me. You think you have the capacity to just flippantly enter into a worse time with your focus divided, and that something that drastic isn't going to come from it. You can't handle finding Louis' ring in the bathroom without almost being arrested and Louis. <laughs> what makes you think? You can be so flippant when you come into my presence. And my response to him was, oh, man. Then I go to the scripture that that Matt read. And then this is who I think I am. Right? David. In the Psalms, right? Worship. This guy's just pouring out worship to the Lord. I waited peacefully for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. I love this scripture. I will admit that Doug is not the only one who's snarky when I heard what all the songs we were going to sing tonight were. And Catherine asked me for my scripture. I said, he put a new song in my heart because we're singing all these old songs. (laughs) This is not the sermon I'm preaching, but let me tell you. It's never the problem. The problem is never with the song right? The song didn't suddenly become something instead of been. The problem It's always with you. That's between you and the Lord for later tonight in your room. So here's who I think I am. Wait, I gotta hear you. I need to focus on you. I need to not divide my attention. I need to come. I'm going to be David. This is who I think I am. And then he showed me this is who I really use my This is the next one. Matthew 5, 23, 24. Who I really am. Therefore, Offering your gift at the altar. And there, remember your brother or sister has something against you. Leave it there. Leave it in front of the altar. Go and be reconciled. Amen. I'm on a lot of, I mean,
2: I'm really
3: privileged to be a part of Unbound. I'm the worshiper my church, I work at the camp, and I often get to be worship with the staff, with the campers, and I find myself entering into, you know, designated worship times a lot, and offering my gift before the Lord. And I would love to stand here and tell you that every time I have done that, including this time tonight, before I got and put that gift on the altar, I went, wait, Does you think brother or sister have something against me? Let me leave this here and go make that, reconcile that, right? The Lord said, John, you're not David, you're this David, right? If someone has something against you, go and be reconciled before you come. Bring your gift now. In the in the Bible times, when they're talking about bringing your gift on the altar, that's literally their act of worship. It doesn't specify the gift. That was literally they came to the temple. It's their act of worship. They were coming to act actively worship the Lord. That's how you did it in their custom and their culture. So it's so applicable to what we're talking about right now. Be reconciled. So I looked up reconciled. To be reconciled is to cause, to coexist in harmony. To make peace. To make peace. And I thought that through a little bit more. And I was really struck with that peace. I say I want peace a lot. I associate the idea of peace with the presence of the Lord. Worship. So I wanted to break down that again. The Lord is telling us, before you can come into me with your gift and your offering of worship, you need to make sure you bring peace with those who have something against you. So the next thing. Next, the gift of worship requires peace. Let's just sit with that for a second. The Lord says, your gift of worship requires peace. What is required for
2: peace? Peace requires an act of for forgiveness.
3: If you have something against someone, if somebody has something against you, I mean, have you anybody here ever had something against someone? <laughs> has anyone ever had something against you? I mean, that's as broad as I. Can Think about all the faces, all the people, in the rooms where you live out your life. In the spaces where you live out your life, think about all the faces that come across your face. Think about all the personalities that come across your personality. Who you work with, who your family is, who you go to school with, who you have to live with encounter, who you just pass every day on the street. Have you ever had anything against them and have they had anything against you? you got to make peace. Peace requires forgiveness. So when we wrong, or when we are wronged, what always has to happen? Somebody has to say they're sorry, or somebody has to offer forgiveness, or somebody has to ask for forgiveness. Right? That's how those equations work. Peace requires an act of forgiveness. When I was in first grade a thousand years ago, in Nowhereville, South Carolina, where I grew up, there was a kid. My favorite, obviously, my favorite time was my favorite, obviously probably lines, but recess. Was my favorite time. We had to go outside and play, get sweaty and smelly, and then go back inside the school. <laughs> Drew and I were talking about smelly, smelly people today, particularly son Luke. But I get to go, you know, play. And I had this friend named Lee. He was really my friend, but he was kind of a weird dude. And Lee would do this every time we had recess. We would get out there, and he would run up to you, and he would say, I'm sorry, and he would punch you in the stomach. The preemptive, I'm sorry, he was genius. Because he's like, what are you doing? for? he's like, I right, said, I'm sorry, you have to forgive me. And I, to like the seven-year-old logic, I had nothing. But honestly, that's probably more in line for God's model of forgiveness than the nonsense we try to put up and the requirements we put on other people, and the expectations. You have to earn this. I'm not, they don't, they're not really sorry, right? It's just as ridiculous, the way to do that, as going up and pre-apologizing and then punching through the stuff. We think our ways are so advanced, but we're all just like little six- and seven-year-olds. Peace requires an act of forgiveness. I encourage you that forgiveness does not require somebody asking you. The, The Lord gave us the example, right? None of us deserve it. He came the Prince of Peace and hung our cross and died for our sins because he knew And that, you can draw a direct point from across to every time we are going to enter into the words so of, because of that act that brought about the possibility for peace and forgiveness. We have accessibility to peace and forgiveness, and we are required
2: to go and make peace with human beings before we
3: come into the presence. It's an equation that you have to fulfill. I've never been convicted like that before. It's just one of those verses that exists. Do you know how those verses exist, but they're not really for us to of There's some of those that are in the Bible. That's just one for a Sunday so school lesson. They're all for the Lord of Christ sacrificed me. So, I was thinking about forgiveness, and I was thinking about what it looks like in my life when it's not present. And it looks like, you know, from a distance, the same as that kind of chaotic scene in the bathroom. Where I'm trying to handle a lot of things at once. I'm doing something that, you know, is a noble, worthy thing. You need to plan out men's what those men to come who have a wonderful experience at camp. They deserve it. Some of those guys, that's their only vacation they have all year. And yes, none of them are good athletes anymore. They all want to pretend. And yes, we have to have two EMTs on call all the time because <laughs> somebody's having a heart attack and somebody's messing their knee up. But it's still a wonderful time. They want to plan it. That's a really good thing for me to do. That's a noble thing for me to do. The Lord is pleased with men's camp. Certainly, that's not going to distract me from some tension very important, that could be going on at the same time in the same space. That's what I look like when I try to come into his presence of worship, and I have not forgiven in the places I'm supposed to forgive. There's not peace inside of me. When well, there's not peace inside
2: of me, what other things are present? Bitterness is present. Pride.
3: This always becomes a therapy session for me. i to confess confessing to you guys how bad I am. But pride what I think I deserve, what I think I owe. It's already happened this weekend. You have to forgive. And I would submit many times. It's something that can happen in the spiritual realm, right where you are, in that moment. Something breaks when we declare things before the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? So when he's saying leave that on the altar, you need to go and reconcile. It starts within your own heart. When you get to the place where you're actually going to go and be in front of another human being, that's like the final step a lot of times. Because I need to take care of all of my stuff before I bring anybody else into it. Otherwise you're trying to perform surgery on a moving patient. I need to get rid of all of my stuff. I need to be cleansed, be pure motive, get out of my own way. Sometimes I need to forgive God for my misinterpretation. of Him. Sometimes I need to forgive myself. And then peace can enter into my human relationship so that in the presence of the Creator, I can truly worship and keep my focus where it is supposed to be. Keep my focus where it is supposed to be. Forgiveness. One more time, let's get, uh, the next, the Therefore, if you're going to offer your gift, not just this weekend, and, and, and we all know, we're all like, you know, evolved, smart enough, aware enough to know. Worship isn't the, the 20, 30, whatever minutes on Sunday morning where somebody happens to have a microphone and an instrument. Worship isn't just when you're moving, right? Worship is our lives before the Lord. Well, when we're specifically going to give our gift of worship, which a lot of us in here are called to do and equipped to do by the Lord, before you bring your gift to the altar, if you're going to offer it remember your brother or sister has something against you leave it go ask the lord to reveal to you all the intricacies of that be reconciled make peace make peace Forgive, because forgiveness is the ultimate act of love. Christ gave us the example. He made it possible for us to actually enter into the presence of the Lord and worship and be changed. And let me tell you, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're questioning, whatever it is you're doubting, whatever it is you think you lack, whatever it is you think you can't overcome, the presence of the Lord will bring victory, and completion and sustenance and the miraculous. There's no way, there's no way. He makes a way where there's no way. It's what He does, it's who He is. He loved us so much that He made a way for forgiveness for everyone forever. He made a way for peace for everyone forever. That's His ultimate act of love and that's what we're required to do in our relationships with each other, so that we can have a complete relationship with him. Before you give your gift, search your heart and see if there's any bitterness, if there's any pride, if there's any anger, if there's any selfishness, if there's any judgment, if there's any slander, if there's any attitude, Towards another human being, as justified as you think they are, as annoying as they might be to you, reconcile through forgiveness and through peace as an act of love, because we're commanded to, if we're going to give our gift of worship, and because God showed us the perfect way in His perfect love. I'm going to sing this song. You're welcome to sing along with me, but I'll think about the places that you need to show love. Think about the miracle that you're forgiven and think about who you might be required to forgive. Let it start in your heart right now. Get all of your stuff cleansed and out of the way so that you can be pure and motive in front of somebody else that you might need to reconcile.
2: You die. I'm forgiven. Cause you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were.
3: God by keeping His commandments. He commands us to reconcile, to bring peace through our relationships with others, so we can truly enter into His presence and worship, and He
2: will receive our gift. Days of love,
3: My King would
2: die for me.